and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. Before we get started today, I'd like to invite y'all to join me at patreon.com slash human machine. It really is the best way to support the podcast and also to get cool comics and exclusive music while you're at it. Patreon.com slash human machine. And now I'd like to play something for you. You're hearing Knife, which is the title track of the debut album by Mast Year, featuring my pal Darren Tambascio on bass. Look for the album April 7th on GrimoireRecords.bandcamp.com. years old uh, my older brothers um, sat me down and made me listen to records um, specifically I remember um, and you know this is dating me a little bit but uh, I believe I, it was 1981 or something and and they were the scorpions uh, I think it was the Scorpions, Blackout, was a lot of, you know, heavy metal, hard rock stuff. Um, I think there was Iron Maiden in there. Um, uh, I can't really remember the other records, um, maybe some Rush and that kind of thing. Um, so that was kind of the first thing that really got me excited about music. Um, and then... As the years went on, my older brothers, you know, started bands and and they always had a bunch of records and tapes that I would sneak in and steal um, when I was in seventh grade. I used to go to sleep to Dark Side of the Moon. Um, so Pink Floyd always has sort of always been a favorite of mine. Um, and then I went back and listened to some earlier stuff by them that I loved a lot. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of that. My brothers played bass and guitar. They're identical twins. Um, so there was always like instruments in my basement cause they'd always practice in the basement. And again, I would sneak around and pick up a guitar and break a string and go, Oh crap. <laughs> and then run busted. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, even in like middle school and high school, I remember seeing like a delay pedal and a microphone and just go into town after school. And so I was always into like messing around with pedals and and just playing whatever instrument I could get my hands on. I really didn't commit to uh, playing guitar until I was about, I say about 15. Um, before that, I I played the piano a little bit, um, but but not like as a child, just like in ninth grade. I was like, well, maybe I'll be a keyboard player, uh, okay. which is funny. 
I feel like I kind of came back around to uh, the keyboards. Um, so, so yeah, I, I was always kind of tinkering around with instruments and, and listening to a lot of different, um, I shouldn't say a lot of different, but I was listening to a lot of like classic rock and heavy metal stuff when I was like a very young child. So yeah. uh, I was corrupted early. Yeah, that's perfect. Now, how, how old were you? How much older were your brothers than you? Five years. Five years. Okay. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I always think it's it's you know um, uh, in 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 media we always get the story of the twins. But what was it like <laughs> for you? Like you know they were twins. You said they were playing bands together. Like w- and it seems like you were sort of chasing that in a way. Like, is that what it felt like? Like, you're like, they're so cool, and, and you're kind of like, that's what I want to, you know, I want to be a part yeah. of that. Yeah, you know, I was, you know, that whole little brother thing, and especially sure. when you have, um, you know, two older brothers who were like, like, I used to, <laughs> it's funny, I remember in, like, junior high school, like, hawking their demo tape around to, like, metal kids i was always sort of like a promoter sort of at heart um so so yeah i used to sell their demo tapes um in in seventh grade and i was like a nerdy kid i wasn't i really didn't like get into the long hair and all that stuff until late into high school so i was just like a weird nerdy kid who hopped my brother's thrash metal demo uh (laughs) that's um, awesome yeah and and but at the same time i was definitely aware of not trying i think that's actually what held me back from playing earlier because i was like i don't want to like i was a little embarrassed by trying to be like them Mm. and and then i and then i got older and i was like well like i just sort of was like my friend was playing guitar and he's like why aren't you playing guitar and i was like i don't know like i don't i'm not trying to like cop my brother's thing and and then i just decided okay i'll play and then like by the end of high school i kind of realized like well like yeah i sort of followed my brothers in this musical uh you know thing but also i developed my own taste that was way outside of anything that they listened to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so I felt like, you know, at first a little embarrassed by my interest in music. I didn't want to be that little brother. Um, But then I just kind of was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And, uh, and then by the end of high school, I, like I said, I was, I felt like my own person. So, Mm -hmm. so that was. Yeah. And you you said that you were playing keyboard for a while. Like, was that part of it? Was that like you saying, "Well, I I can't fight the fact that music is just a, a powerful force for me personally, but maybe I'll yeah. go a different route." Route. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like voraciously listening to music from like a very young child, and like I was the kid who would read. Um, you know, read all the liner notes and know all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, my friends, my friends in high school at one point called me Triv because I knew all this trivia stuff about all kinds of music. So I was definitely like way more nerdy, I think, about it than my brothers. They were a little cooler than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but like, yeah, I think that nerdiness sort of turned into like, all right, well, 
I'm going to play something different. And the keyboard, I took a keyboarding class in uh, high school, like ninth grade. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll play keyboards. And I already knew how to like read music a tiny bit. And I sort of got better at it. And I almost bought a, I almost wanted a keytar. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> in ninth grade, which is totally ironic considering I actually have a keytar now. It's just a MIDI keyboard. But I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to get the keytar that I always wanted. So yeah. I have one now. <laughs> yeah, that's like me, except it was a, it was a Sega Genesis. Like <laughs> when I was growing up, it was like, you know, my, my family was a strictly a Nintendo family and I always wanted to say a Genesis. And, <laughs> and then when you're older and you're like, wait, these things are like 30 bucks now, you know? Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah. So what, um, like as far as like keyboard, were you, were you being like influenced by bands that had prominent keyboard players at that time as well? Or was it just like, it was just um, the whole, like, this is something different. I think I always liked keyboards. I mean, again, Pink Floyd was a huge influence on me. And obviously there's a lot of keyboards there. Even Van Halen. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit that I liked the Van Halen stuff with keyboards on it. Um, mm. So, <clears throat> so yeah, like, Pink Floyd and Van Halen uh, were were big for me, and I always liked like a lot of classic rock. So you know, there was always keyboards and Led Zeppelin, and even some keyboards and Black Sabbath and stuff like that. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and you you know you're you you're you're mentioning a lot of classic rock, and like you know certainly for someone like in in our age range or whatever, like that's a that's a, a huge factor you know like you can't yeah you can't go uh like you you know the rate like radio play and stuff was still a big yeah. part of our like listening experience growing up you know and you, so you just yeah. couldn't escape it um yeah. but um like when did you like when did you was it like high school or something like when you started listening to stuff that would inform the kind of music that you play now. Yeah. Or do you, um, I mean, I know that it all has like in a way, like everything, yeah, that, yeah. you know, does in a way, but. But, but I see what you're getting at. And, and, and it does feel like sort of late high school <clears throat> where I sort of discovered, um, that I had a real interest in sort of like, Stuff that wasn't quite metal, um, it was still kind of hard and heavy, some of it. And I feel like the transition was really, um, like, it might have started in the sort of helmet days where okay. it was still kind of heavy metal, but there was something going on that there was no guitar solos. They all had short hair. It was like you know, dissonant guitar. There were guitar solos, I should say, but they weren't like wanker guitar solos. They were like dissonant, weird guitar solos. Sure. Um, and then I, one distinct memory is when I watched Conan O'Brien in, I believe it was probably 1993, uh, um, and Jawbox came on. Oh, shit. And, and yeah, and they did Savory. And that was one of those moments where it was like weird because I was like, I really like this, but there's not all kinds of distortion 
it was like jangly but dissonant and there was Mm -hmm. like you know power chords but then there was like weird like arpeggiation at one point and it was like whoa this feels like something that i need to go down a rabbit hole and i basically did i kind of put my my interest in like metal aside and went down what i what i sort of referred to at the time as like an indie rock rabbit hole uh but you know it's not the indie that they consider indie rock now it's sure. more like what what the kids call noise rock now i mean i got into slint i got into don cab i got into shellac i got into you know go down the touch and go rabbit hole uh sure. discord fugazi etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, so that really felt like kind of my wheelhouse where it was like semi, it wasn't straight up punk rock. Um, and it was definitely had that kind of like dissonance that I liked in heavy metal. Um, but it was, it, it sort of spoke to me as like, for me more authentic. I was never like, I never really got into the whole like heavy metal posturing. I was more into like the thrash metal kind of stuff where it was just dudes and jeans and a t-shirt. And, and so, yeah, that was kind of my entry into that kind of world. Yeah. It's, uh, it's awesome. I think like this is episode 151 and this is like the first time that anybody's dropped jaw box, like, without me saying something or anything. I actually don't even know if anyone's dropped it at all, but um, I just, yeah, I mean, uh, every, you know, Fugazi is, is the big one, I think, you know, and they've got, I don't know, 15 records or something. So, you know, I Mm -hmm. guess I, I get it. But like, to me, Jawbox is just, I mean, they, yeah, like they're one of the ones where when I really, was like what i need to figure out exactly what's going on here and like yeah. i need to figure out how they do what they do so i can do it but faster <laughs> like that's the <laughs> like the, what they were doing yeah. with their guitars was like it blew my mind and and yeah. i was like yeah. if i could do that but faster like that'd be everything i wanted out of music you know <laughs> um yeah it it was especially like I heard Savory and I was like, oh, I like this. And then the first song kicks on on Sweetheart and it's FF equals six six. Oh, and I'm yeah. just like, holy shit. Like that song was so dissonant and so heavy. And and it, you know, it's it's funny because like and, and the other thing is like I also maybe extra nerded out because I lived in Maryland. Like I grew up in Maryland. I didn't go to, I knew kids who went to Fugazi shows in high school, mm-hmm. but I wasn't that cool. <laughs> like, um, so I didn't get into it until college and I've never seen Fugazi. And I had friends who were like, Oh yeah, we used to see them all the time. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was revolutionary for me. And I even, DeSoto records that uh, I think Kim from uh, Jawbox mostly ran mm-hmm. um, that label. I actually was my nerdy claim to fame. I was the first one to make a MySpace or DeSoto records. Um, so, cause I was like immediately like MySpace was like, Oh, this is cool. 
And then I was like really into whatever bands and I made them one. And then eventually they took it over. Um, they're like, can we take it over? I was like, oh yeah, totally. And they sent me like a dismemberment plan shirt, which was rad. That's awesome. Uh, so, so yeah, I was real nerdy about that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's a label that I don't hear, uh, come up very often, but every time I do, I'm like, hell yeah. That's like, that was a real like place in time kind of label yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. And all, all the bands were so different. Like, I like Juno a lot and I like Dismemberment Plan and they were just all, it was a, a varied, uh, a varied like set of bands, but they all had some sort of like odd dissonance. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like artistic yeah. weirdness, you know, or yeah. whatever you want to put oh. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I've, I, I've been saying, and like, I've been saying this, um, for for so long you know just like be jokingly because i just um everything like that that uh jay robbins has done is is just like incredible and i'm i'm like i've been called like the screamo jay robbins or whatever so yeah. and i've and just cool. been like one day jay robbins gonna call me you know and uh mm-hmm. we're gonna do a record together and you know well but, you just have to you just have to call him and get on the yeah. schedule. <laughs> I mean, and pay, and pay yeah. his price. Yeah. Oh, I meant like you know we'll write a we'll write a record together. Oh, together. It would, yeah, it would just be really weird. But awesome. um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I I do know someone that works um at his studio now, so it's getting closer. One day it'll yeah. just accidentally happen somehow. I mean, I live in Baltimore City. I've I've never actually. I actually recorded some acoustic guitars for my old band at the old location of his studio, not with him, with another guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten, they, there's a repair shop out of his studio that I've gotten repairs done. And Brooks, who is the new guitar player in Jawbox, um, who took over for Bill, um, he, I know him kind of, um, he, his, his other band used to rehearse next to my other band. So, so yeah, it's like super, super close. Um, but I've, I've sort of yet to like corner Jay. <laughs> be like, Do you know who I am? It'd be, anyway. yeah, I, I'm afraid, I'm afraid if that call ever did happen, uh, just what I might sound like on the other end, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Funny. yeah, just wow. I mean, what a like, that band just like really just in, informed my my playing a whole lot. I mean, there's a couple there there are a few few people I think that um, really I you know I could blame all of what I do on and and uh, there that band's definitely one of them. Um, but yeah, uh, so like you said, you never saw Fugazi. I'm nope. I'm I'm like guessing that. Like you were saying that you have seen Jawbox. Like, did, did you see them oh, yeah. around like at that time? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I saw them. I didn't. I saw them at the nine thirty, I believe, in DC. Um, and I definitely saw them like on their reunions, like more recently. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember how many times I saw them back in the day. Right. Maybe only 
twice back in the day, but I've seen, I think two reunion shows and, and I've, I've also seen, you know, other Jay's bands, Burning Airlines and Office of Future Plans oh, and Channels. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I've, I've followed it, followed yeah. his career. So when you saw them back in the day, was that the first, was that like near the first time when you were really getting into going to shows yourself or had you been going to shows like different kinds of shows for a while? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because like, uh, my first shows were my brother's thrash band. So I used to go to like fire halls and see them and wherever battle of the bands or wherever they played, if it was like all ages, I would go. So I'd be like a little nerdy, like, you know, whatever, 14 year old, 13 year old. And there would be thrash and punk bands and stuff like that. So I definitely saw some, you know, those were, my first real shows. And then like, and then I started going to like concerts, you know, like big concerts mm. like Guns N' Roses and Metallica and all that stuff. Um, so I went to like those kind of shows, those concerts, big concerts. And then, yeah, like as I obviously got more into the DIY kind of stuff, I started going to like the smaller shows. I, I saw some bands. I saw, I think it was Helmet at the old 930 and the the 930 is like a pretty big club in dc but like they had a location that was kind of small back in the day um that i went to i think i saw helmet there once um but yeah so i i i, I from probably early teen i was going to see you know my brother's band so mm-hmm. i was aware of uh circle pits and skinheads at a very young age. About like, did you start um, se- like seriously like pursuing like an an instrument? Like you said that you were, you know, always fooling around with this or that. But what yeah. was your first thing that you really like? You're like, okay, I'm gonna do this thing, and I'm gonna try to start a band or get in a band. Yeah, I was, I think I was 15 when, you know, I kind of was like, okay, I'll play guitar. And then I got a guitar and, and honestly, I was mostly like a bedroom kid, like a bedroom guitar player for the first couple years, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe a year and a half, maybe two or something like that. Um, and then, um, I mean, we had some like, 
bands where we played some cover songs like in my basement and stuff like that but nothing like no like original music and then uh at the towards the end of high school uh i think it was maybe the end of my junior year or whatever um there was i was in a band with friends who played covers and there were some other friends of mine who were in another band uh, who probably did some originals and covers, but we were all just like, you know, basement bands. We didn't really do anything. And then basically it turned out the bass player from the other band came and played with us and he could actually play his instrument and we didn't have a bass player. And then our guitar player just, so it basically both bands formed into one band, <laughs> which was like my first which is like, because we were like the guys who could actually play our instruments. The other guys were like, I want to be in a band, but I can't really pull it off. So, so yeah, my first band was like, um, uh, it was a silly, um, like alternative metal kind of thing. We played everyone's uh, graduation party in basements, played a lot of basements after graduating high school. Um, band soon broke up. Um, and then, and we had some originals. We had a demo, um, and then and then I, and then my friend who was the drummer of that band pulled me into a, a couple other bands um, where we did uh, mostly originals. Um, and then I feel like sort of my, uh, I, I felt like I was kind of just in those bands, and I might have wrote a song or two here and there, but I was mostly just a guitar player who added texture and layers. Um, but, but in 2000, um, I moved to Los Angeles kind of on a whim. Uh, my friend who was the bass player of my first band, um, moved there after college cause he was into film and he needed a roommate two years later and was like, Hey, and I, I was ready to change things in my life. So mm. he offered me to crash and I did. And uh, I moved to Los Angeles in 2000. I fell into a career pretty quickly um, where I had trouble uh, getting a career in, in Maryland. So it was kind of crazy. Um, and then uh, maybe a year and a half later, I met a guy um, and we started like, he had a whole uh, like four song demo where he played all the instruments. And then I learned some of those songs and we started a sort of a, what I call a make believe four piece band because we never got the two other guys. <laughs> we, played, we played all the instruments cause he played drums too, but we were trying to be like a, I don't know, like a shiner meets Jawbox meets shellac kind of band. Um, maybe, maybe some hum thrown in there. Um, and we, we did that for a little while and that kind of, we just, we had a bass player for a minute and then we had a drummer for a minute, but we never got the full four piece. And then one day I bought this, um, this weird guitar called a cello blaster, which is like a five string baritone. And, uh, we wrote a song that was like, uh, like doomy psychedelic kind of, like more metal um and uh and that was going to be our side project and soon enough that side project was our main project and so we were a two-piece um people were like uh, that shows some people were like you guys sound like 
you guys are like neurosis meets rush and it was like awesome thank you like <laughs> and, and the funny thing was is at the time neither of us listened to neurosis we just i was into like some older heavier underground like godflesh kind of stuff um when i was younger and that kind of came out through that band um and so that was called national sunday law and we we put out some music um and uh, you know 10 years later i ended up moving back to maryland um and um and i didn't do music for a while um and then i was in a sort of like a proggy stoner doom whatever band for a minute and that's when i picked up the bass by the way um i I was looking for a bass because I said there's too many guitar players in the world, which there are. Um, and I was like, I just want to play in a cool band and I'm totally willing to play bass. And honestly, I've been playing bass uh, in like heavy bands ever since. I still play guitar, but but I play bass like a guitar player. I play with like a metal pick and I just, you know, play chords and distortion and all that kind of stuff. So, sure. so yeah. I was in a band called Thought Eater that was like a, the, the instrumental stoner doom meets prog kind of band. And um, and I got in touch with Noel, who is the guitar player of Mast Year, and he recorded our band and he put out he Grimoire Records is the label that he runs and he put out our stuff. Um, and Noel was a guy I actually got in touch with right when I moved back to Maryland because I was like, there's got to be a guy who opens up for the weird metal bands that my L.A. band opened up for. And sure enough, I found Noel had a band at the time uh, called Questioner. And I moved back to Maryland and I was like, oh, cool, he's in this band. And I went to see him one time and, and I met him. And then, you know, years later, recorded with them. And now, years later, um, we're finally in a band together. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. I need, I need is that to a hi hat. It is. I need to move it at some point And I just have not, um, it, I am so crunched in here with my drum kit, like when I'm doing <laughs> this, uh, but, um, I want to go back like to what you were talking yeah. about. Your, your, your first band that you ever recorded with, because, you know, the recording like sort of home recording slash like digital recording revolution is like amazing and i wouldn't like turn back the clocks for anything but yeah. it's made me like all the more fascinated on what we used to do to get by like back when you know so yeah when you said your first band did a demo what yeah. what was that like what was the recording set up and how we, did you go about that? We actually went into a guy's studio. I think oh, it was you, called D. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We went into um, this guy's studio, which was in the garage of his house, like, like nowadays kind of. Um, but okay. he had a whole garage with like a drum isolation room and a big mixing room. And it was, you know, we, we spent some money on it. Um, and uh and yeah so it was like he even like uh like was like why don't you try a harmony here like he tried to produce it a little bit and mm -hmm. put like 
a ton of delay on all the lead guitar stuff. And so, I mean, it's kind of a crappy recording going back, but yeah, we, we, uh, we did not DIY it. We just spent the money. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, I think uh, the first like recording that I did was also like, I went somewhere else, but it, but then when we showed up, it was just like somebody with a four track. And I mean, (laughs) we didn't pay that much. It was like some people we knew, but it was just like, you know, at the time it was like, well, I don't, I don't know how to do this. Like, you know, I'm just like a kid. I barely know how to play guitar. Um, Yeah. And then. Yeah. And later on though, like after our first band, the guitar player of that band started getting in recording. And that's when you did the, uh, the, the other thing where there was only two of you and you were doing all the instruments. So what were you doing then? So when, when I was in LA doing national Sunday law, that two piece, um, the, I, I've been lucky. Um, the, the other guy in the band, Derek, uh, had some recording stuff and, and he had a space, a, uh, separated garage, um, in his parents' backyard. Um, so he had his own, like his father built him a room and he had his own room with the drums and and eventually ended up taking the workbench area from his father and had a control room. And then he went to, he went to, um, he went to school for recording like a six month or something thing. And so, so I was lucky enough that he was, he was a full fledged engineer by the end of that band. Um, so, so yeah, I, I am, I, I am terrible when it comes to like knowing anything about recording. I've just been lucky enough to be in bands with, you know, people who are engineer types. Um, that's, that's amazing. That's, I mean, um, right, right out of high school, I was in this band with some people that were a bit older than me. And one of them did have like a studio and it was, it was like, you know, um, at the time, like it, I was really impressed by it, of course. Cause like, it was like the first really cool place that I'd been and I'd recorded music there. And, um, and, um, and then like, you know, like years and years later, like I see pictures from there and stuff. And, and now that I know what like some of this stuff is, I'm like, holy shit. Like, you know, he really had all this shit and he really like had this shit. Like, cause it, you know, it's like at the time I was really impressed. And then like later you're yeah. kind of like that this is, this was just something that somebody built in their like garage basically. And, but like, he like really built it out, you know, he really did all the work and knowing how much work that is at this point, it's even more impressive, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I wish I was in that situation now. Like I, now I'm the person that has the space and, and does the recording and like, I can't claim to be that great at it, but I am prolific, you know? Um, yeah. Like I just, um, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the camp where I have more ideas than I do time. So I'm always like, (laughs) I, I would love to take six months to just really learn like what I'm supposed to be doing, like when I'm mixing, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm like, 
but I got, I still got those records to finish, you know? <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. oh, I got I to gotta finish that project first, you know? And then I'll really sit down and I'll learn uh, about uh, side chains and, you know, this and that and the other thing. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's um, like, it sounds like you're kind of in that same in that same spot where you're more of like, like I'm an idea person, you know? And so yeah. you've been fortunate that you, you wound up with the person that, that handles the technical side. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it, it reminds me like, you know, very early you said like, you really seemed like you were saying that you were almost drawn to like this, delay pedal or something you know specifically like and then yeah. you know you ended up in a band that you're in and all your influences like indicate like that you like you know um we're always impressed by like the weirdness and you know the the different sounds and the oscillating type effects and stuff um yeah. so like it's no uh surprise that an album like knife which y'all made you know, uh, incorporates all of these, uh, influences and elements. Um, <clears throat> you said you play bass, like a guitar player, which like, you know, that tracks from yeah. what I've heard as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. and like, you know, you mentioned distortion, but is your board also like, it, you know, heavy with like different kinds of effects and, and, and like, uh like, not really um no. uh, yeah um right now i'm mostly just uh i have like two sort of gain or distortion and a gain pedal mm. um and then i do i do have a delay pedal um that i use um just to create some ambience live um it's funny because some of the uh, on the album, um, you know, there are like the songs or the main songs that have lyrics and stuff. And then there's these sort of weird little interludes. Right. Sure. Um, and the weird little interludes are pieces that our drummer, Ben, created at home. And he's like. He's when we got him in the band, we were stoked because he's not just a drummer. He's a great drummer, but he's also like got a ton of other bands where he plays guitar and sings and bass. And so he's like the whole he can do everything. And he created these sort of noise tracks that he was like, hey, between songs, we can play these noise tracks. Right. And so that was rad. So he has like a looper that he turns on between songs. Um and it was actually my idea. I was like, what if, because I was like, I really like the noise tracks. I'm pro interlude. Like, I like albums with like interludes. And I'm like, well, what if we each take a noise track and add some layers on top of it? So, so like, uh, null is null. It's, we, we kind of made joke titles. Null is null doing a bunch of guitar parts on top of what Ben did. Um, the the song uh dark web is is uh is something that ben made and i overdubbed it just turned out like accidentally five five string basses um so that one i did and then there's two other ones that eric our singer 
did like sort of spoken word on top of it. So like a lot of that's that that stuff was really fun um, because it was like all off the cuff. You know, I don't think any of us spent a lot of time on it, um, but it was really fun because it sort of brought that kind of experimental vibe to the record as opposed to just like being a rock record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, you you gave each of you a little homework assignment and everybody uh, came back with their, you know, their best work. Yes. Yeah. That, that is the best thing about this band in general is we are all, all four of us are very much adults and very much like, okay, homework. We are a homework band. I mean, the band, you know, uh, started with Noel during the pandemic he wasn't working for a bit um he he got laid off due to the lockdown and he was like hey i'm gonna take something you put on instagram and write another part on top of it and then he ended up writing songs just fully on his own uh the the one song it was like and it's the newest single uh in tandem um that was just an acoustic guitar, two riffs I wrote on acoustic guitar and sent him videos. And then within that day, he sent me a demo of the whole song with like a new part. Um, and he played all the instruments on the demo. So it's like every band member and Eric just like had our demos and came up with vocals and just showed up and sang. And so like we we're not actually the most active of a band and Ben, like I said, is in a million bands and he, he are, he's already has three demos that we haven't even fully recorded yet for songs, but we're definitely a homework band. And it's really nice that we can be a homework band. And then we all show up prepared. Like, uh, we have a song that Ben wrote and we never played it before. Ben had the demo had like, videos of him playing it and was we showed up to practice it took us like three times and was like all right that was decent you know so it's really nice we're it's nice to be in a band with um people who are have the capability and the want to do musical homework instead of showing up and being lazy yeah because i'm sure we've all had bandmates that just show up and like oh man like yeah so so yeah There are some people that like just don't want to work that way, which, you know, I guess I kind of get. But like at the same time, there is I've definitely been in the situation where it's just like, you know, you're like, how about like you send me a couple ideas and then one and, and I'll have a couple ideas. And then when we get together, like we each know kind of our our things will at least get things yeah. started and then you never get the thing and it's just like i thought we would just jam and it's like you wow. know i don't know like <laughs> at some point you know like like i would love to just jam you know but at some point like there if you're working towards something 
there's just like yeah. it, it's like you know i got you know i got dinner to make i got you know yeah, like, yeah. i got this other uh, stuff to do i just you know like i don't have that's the whole that's the whole thing it's like i feel like this is the most adult band i've ever been in um because there's usually always a slacker or two in the band and like and not to say that again like we really spend a lot a lot of time on it i mean there are months that go by that we don't practice we only practice if we have a show or if we're gearing up to record but like we're all adults like we're all you know like have significant others and I have a newborn. And so it's like a whole thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. It's, it's just like, sometimes you, you, you know, you are in a situation and you, so you need to put yourself with people where it's not just like, look, I don't have time to just like jam, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. We, we need to, we need to be focused and we need to have a, a, a goal in mind almost, you know, and, uh, Totally. And uh, when everybody's working towards that goal, like um, in tandem, but separately, like that, that can, you know, really have great, great results. Um, so you, there, you know, you've said I like, say, I was going to say, there's your callback to uh, the newest single called yeah, in tandem. I, I, <laughs> I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that didn't go unnoticed. Um, you said that like, you know, you were sort of sending each other clips, like little videos. And, um, I've, I've definitely been in that situation before, which I mean, I think that's, that's really exciting. And, um, I think that sometimes like just, you know, it might sound like what you're doing is just saying, Hey, learn this, you know, or whatever. And I don't see y'all making a record like you made with that being the case. So like, the thing is like, you know, people sometimes don't understand how much like this game of telephone with this riff can change things and the way things like morph and, and become yeah. what they are. Um, so like with, as far as like making the album was concerned, like how much of this like file trading and stuff was happening before it was like, okay, now we're, now we are where we are and we're going to sort of like yeah. jam the songs out. Like, yeah. Um, is that, is that kind of the process? It was like, okay. yeah, I mean, yeah, well it, you know, again, originally was the file thing with Noel and I, mm -hmm. um, during the lockdown. Mm -hmm. And then, and then as soon as, and I emailed Ben, not thinking that he would be in the band, just thinking that he knew another drummer and he was just like, Oh, I can do it. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so we, I, I'm fuzzy on the timeline a little bit, but he pretty much was like, okay, like he took our demos and was just like, and we were like, play whatever you want on drums. Don't take what we're, you know, put on the demo to, to you know, just don't do that. Just learn the song. We don't want you to play whatever's on the demo. So that was great. Um we initially recorded we initially recorded all the songs um with ben uh instrumental um with the like placeholder titles and we actually put out something called the instrumental demo because we always knew we wanted a vocalist um so we put out like two songs on Bandcamp just as like hey we want to get a gig kind of thing 
mm-hmm. and our first gig. And I think like, I mean, where are we? 2023 and our records coming out. And the first inkling was 2020 of, of you know, putting the riffs together. Um, so it was probably like, uh, the end of 2021 that we played our first show. Um, and then we played our second show with our vocalist with Eric, um, in like April of last year. Um, so, so yeah, it was probably like a year to get all the songs with the drummer and then another like six months uh, to start getting the vocals in. And then, you know, we re-recorded the songs um, with with the vocals in mind. Um, and so definitely things change and we evolved our parts. Um, so, so yeah, uh, that's kind of how it worked. Yeah. You kind of um, <clears throat> took where the vocals were at and sort of like uh either backed off or or leaned in to certain aspects of you know what was going on yeah. based on that yeah um i mean we had most of the ideas pretty much down even before there were vocals but we always knew that there was going to be vocals here there's going to be we kind of already sort of had that idea um but i think we might have changed definitely how many times we did certain parts depending on the vocal and we definitely like before we we played, you know, we rehearsed it a bunch um, before we re- recorded. So we probably played the songs, uh, you know, at some shows before we recorded. So, um, so it, you know, it's a pretty great process. And the fact that, again, we all have recording capabilities made it easy for, you know, us to do a demo and then you know, Eric do his demo of his vocals at his house. And then, and then we just re-recorded the whole thing, um, which I think helped our performances a lot. Yeah. So do you have at, at this point, do you have sort of a full like demo version of the same album that you've, you're getting set to release? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And um, yeah, we have, they're all instrumental. Like we have old recordings of the same songs instrumental. Are there, have you found that there are some aspects of the demo that you not necessarily prefer, but you just, you just, um, like it, you didn't, it wouldn't necessarily duplicate or translate the same way to, to the full proper album. Like, are there things that you've, like even if they're kind of almost like mistakes or whatever, are there things that are different about it that you're like, you know, find more interesting or, or, or like, because they're sort of flawed or not exactly the way that they ended up on the album? Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I know what you're getting at, but I don't know if, uh, I think, I think I we thought through our, our parts a little bit after the demo. I know for me, the bass parts, like, um, you know, they were okay on the demo, but I definitely, like, you know, added a little more uh, different changes and, and, and kind of felt the songs a little more, especially, again, with the vocals. Like, 
might not have changed the parts, but sort of changed some of the emphasis and things like that. Sure. Um, but there are, there is a whole, we have a whole backlog of demos that, um, that Noel made, um, where I'm always like, let's go back in there and grab things. And Noel's kind of like, well, I don't know. We could throw that stuff away. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but there's some really cool stuff you did there. So, so we, you know, we go back and forth with that. Um, and then, you know, as far as material, like we're, I mean, we have, I would say it's not fully fleshed out yet, but we probably have another full length, if not more, um, already sort of, um, maybe not demoed, but, mm -hmm. uh, almost there. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, to clarify, I wasn't trying to be like, do you think there's stuff on the demo that's better, you know, or whatever? No, I know it's what you're like, saying though. <clears throat> for example, like, uh, the band Sparta, they have like two versions of, uh, one of their songs. Mm -hmm. Um, um, and, um, there's a version where it's just, I don't know, it's a little slower. Uh, and I think infinitely like the album version sounds better. Um, yeah. And, but there's, there's a quality to the other version that's like, it's like, well, I'm glad I got to hear both versions, you know, cause there's this yeah. weird, there's a quality that's just feels so much more sad to to the slow to the slower version, um, whereas the yeah. other version it feels more empowered. This one just feels a little bit mm -hmm. helpless, you know. And and so, yeah, I don't. I've definitely I've definitely heard that heard like demos of songs from other bands, and I've been like, oh man, you know, like this this is kind of cooler in a way. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if I would say that with our stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's just like this was the building block that we built, you know, the album on, and and yep. you know, we we just leave it at that. Yeah, um, yeah, and and um, you know, you like you touched on it a little bit, but um, like I remember uh, when we first got in touch, I I looked into it a little bit, and I remembered Noel saying something. I believe that was Noel, right? Um, saying something about like, uh, like not being sure, like, or or feeling feeling some kind of way about the fact that the label is releasing the project that Noel is involved with, because like that's always been the thing is to release the albums that Noel records. But yeah. now it's one of um, Noel's projects. Now I don't, yeah. I'm not, I don't expect you to like s speak for him or whatever. But like, yeah. um, how did that become like? Well, why don't we just release this on this label? Like, it, it seems like it was just like, well, why wouldn't we, right? But yeah, was yeah. there more to I it mean, than that, or? No, no. I mean, I don't. It's funny because I think we got an email recently from a label. It was like, "Why didn't you hit us up?" And and our response was, "Well, we didn't know you were interested." Like, mm -hmm. so it, it it was. I mean, if if another label was like, "Hey, we want to put out your album," and and it was a bigger label, we would have been like, "Cool, great, that's awesome." But 
it just was, um, you know, I, 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 it just made sense. And uh, as far as Noel, you know, Noel's hasn't hasn't been in a band since Questioner, which was, I think, in the early 2010s or whatever. Like, so, I mean, it's been many years since he's been in a band. He kind of went down this recording rabbit hole and the whole label thing. Um, and, and he, you know, I, I know that at first he was kind of like, uh, so I, I, I want to try to start writing something. And my, my initial thing was like, yeah, I'm totally cool with that. I think it'll be great. Um, uh, but I want to be in a real band. Like I want to play shows. I don't, I don't want to be like a touring band. I, not that kind of thing, but like, you know, a band who, puts out records and plays shows. And sure. he was like, uh, Oh, I think I can do that. And I was like, cool. Cause that was my only, was my only sort of demand was like, I want to put out records and play shows. And, and still that's kind of my only thing. Like, um, you know, to me putting out the records is actually the most fulfilling, but I also, uh, you know, no one cares if you put out music, if you don't play it live. So, I'm I'm all about and you know playing live is so much fun. Um, so so yeah, like he we we never really even thought about it. It was just like oh okay, well Noel's going to record it and we'll put it out, and that was about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> if a big label wants to uh, knock on our door and put out another <laughs> record, we we got more. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's practically there. Um, that's that's awesome. When does the uh, record come out again? I I know it's like, isn't it like April? April April seventh. It's uh, I specifically was like, let's put it out on a Bandcamp Friday, because um, uh, I'm a big fan of the Bandcamp Friday thing. Uh, I've I've spent too much money uh, on all of the Bandcamp Fridays, um, <laughs> and and I mean I love the idea that it's like okay. You have this Friday once a month and Bandcamp doesn't take any money and and all the artists. So I just like kind of put a bunch of stuff in my wish list. And then when that Friday comes, I buy a bunch of records and, and spend too much money. But it's all going towards, you know, important, you know, DIY art. So I'm all about it. Yeah. Um, so that was my one demand. I was like, let's put it out on Bandcamp Friday. And, and it just so happens that... Um, you know, we were booking, we were looking to book a release show. So it just so happens that our release show is the following day. Uh, so the album comes out on April 7th and the release show is on April 8th. Um, and it's at Autobar. That's awesome. Which if you, if you know Baltimore, you know Autobar. Mm -hmm. If you don't know Baltimore, you probably don't. So, yeah, I mean, I've never played there, but I know Autobar just like, cool. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. That is the one that you hear about for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely like the 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 DIY band spot like that's been around a long time. Yeah, so the album is uh, called Knife, and the yep. band is Mass Year, and it's coming out on April seventh on Grimoire Records, and yep. that's uh, is there? It's just GrimoireRecords.bandcamp. What was the URL for that? Uh, do, 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 do. Let me go. Yeah, you just you uh, sent me the link, so I didn't have to like type yeah, it in myself, it's, it's, you know. Yeah, it's Grimoire Records 
www.bandcamp.com. Okay. I, I thought it was um, nothing, you know, nothing like Grimoire Records MD or anything like that, you know, but um, I always like to make sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, it was really great hearing about how all that came together and everything, and um, I'm excited for other people to hear the record. Uh, I've I've heard it. I I listened to it and listened to it like immediately, like a couple more times. And over the next nice. few days, kind of people were probably getting tired of hearing it around here. But um, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoy it, and I hope people check that out. Um, is there awesome. anything else that we should chat about before we take off? Like you mentioned the release show at Autobar on the 8th, so people got that there too. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not really. I mean, it's it's just uh, it's interesting to be in a band that's sort of bordering on the line of noise rock and metal and even some post-rock there and – and I think this is just sort of a nice beginning to a band that uh, hopefully will continue to be uh, productive um, with new releases and a couple shows here and there. And um, yeah, I think uh, if, if you're into like, you know, dissonance in your, in your noise rock and metal, um, I, think, uh, I think you'll dig it. And that was my conversation with Darren Tambasio. Thank you so much, Darren, for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks so much to everyone listening, too. And don't forget to check out the album Knife by Mast Year on April 7th on Grimoire Records Bandcamp. Until next time, take care and do good things.